My name is Rainy, and I'm on the path to being on the path to seeking feedback. And my name is Darcy, and I love the idea of being feedback-oriented. Goals. We've heard we should view criticism as an opportunity to grow. We've even heard that the most successful people seek out feedback and criticism obsessively. Jesus. In theory, knowing what you're doing wrong is the first step to improvement, growth, and ultimately success, right? It's not a hot take that the process of taking and implementing feedback is far more messy than any of us would like to believe. It often involves ego and pre-existing relationship dynamics. A lot of times it spawns hurt feelings, defensiveness, dismissiveness, tears, anger, self-doubt, the list goes on. The things we love. How do you manage the crushing feeling that comes along with criticism? On this episode of Abbreviation Fiends, we explore a criticism case study. Darcy's grandma provides her a bit of unsolicited interview advice that ends up cutting very close to home. Two, three. This week, we talk about the desire to improve our reactions to feedback and the underlying reason it hurts the way it does. We also discuss what our eye contact habits mean and how to use the great power of eye contact strategically. And then we do a little cultural criticism rapid fire, reviewing the Cheesecake Factory to Abercrombie and Fitch in a little game we harvested from the internet. Hot or not? Welcome to the third episode in our Abbreviation Fiend series an exploration of criticism in the 21st century. This is why you gotta fight with me at Cheesecake. This week I just had this visceral, real-time feedback experience oh, where no. I just, <laughs> it was simply so brutal for me and I it, it came out of left field. The person giving my feedback was my grandmother and <laughs> who is notoriously critical and controlling, so I probably should have known. <laughs> but I'm just going to set up the scenario for you guys because I'm actually appalled at how hurt I was in the moment, even though the feedback was, like, small and probably valid. But I think it was also a combination of, like, who it was coming from and what exactly she was criticizing. So recently traveled to my grandparents' house in upstate New York. Mm drove across the country because miss rona vid (laughs) the vid is still upon us everyone as we all know um i i reached my grandparents house in upstate new york this is just like an afternoon i'm sitting in the living room they're moving out of their house they're trying to sell this house there's like people are just sitting on the ground like on towels there's like no furniture left essentially (laughs) like it's a bunch of people just like sitting around trying to make a home out of a at a place that is like not our home anymore it's actually kind of sad like, the reason you guys went was because everybody was leaving. Yeah, it is really sad. It is really sad. And my grandma has, like, an issue letting things go. Um, mm. And everything is, like, heritage. Her- everything has sentimental value. So it's, like, getting rid of stuff is, like, a big struggle. Yeah. So that was that was sad. And I think that was coloring, like, that was probably underlying <laughs> many of my interactions with my grandparents. Like, everyone was kind of in a weird place. Yeah. Um, I was sitting in the living room with my grandma and my aunt, and I was on the computer, like, working on pod stuff, just trying to get my life together, and my grandma sits down across from me, and we just kind of, like, start talking. I don't know, like, something comes up in conversation, or they're, they're, they're asking me about interviewing for jobs, and I was trying to explain to them this program that I'm doing, Venture for America, and the fact that I'm, like supposed to be pitching these companies and interviewing for jobs Mm. haven't gotten a job yet 
still doing interviews. And then she says, you know, I've noticed something about you. And I've noticed this over (laughs) the years. Oh, I know. I was like, (laughs) you've been tracking this. You've been graphing this. And (laughs) I'm like, I want to see the I want to see the data on this. She was like, I've noticed over the years you look away from people when you speak. You can't hold eye contact with people. I've never noticed that for the record. Well, uh, yeah. And I don't know if it was I don't know if it was like a personal thing so I'm going to get more into the, the, the depth of the criticism. Okay. And she said, like, as a former speech teacher. Is that like speech and debate? Yeah. She went to Northwestern, I think, studied speech. She's a, she's a great orator, but. Um, <laughs> and she said, as a former speech teacher, maintaining eye contact is very important, like, especially in interviews. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then my aunt who's my dad's sister who's great bless her was like this well this isn't an interview like you know she was trying to like diffuse the situation a little bit Shut up. after like the first impact and she was like this is this is not an interview and i was just sort of like truly taken aback by her live feedback it kind of like caught me off guard um and i was like was this so it was kind of like an interview like here's help to get a job but it was actually just like yeah, I think she was definitely trying to be. She was definitely trying to be helpful, but she was just like, "You look away, you look away," and then that just made me hyper aware of it, and I just like didn't want to make eye contact with her anymore, so I just started looking away more. And she's like, "You're doing it again. You see, see, you did it just there. You did it just there." And she's like, "To be blunt," and I just kept saying like, "Okay," because I didn't know how to receive that really. Oh and then she was like, "I'll be blunt. It's very unattractive." <laughs> And not only will you never get a job, but you also will die alone. <laughs> right. It's very unattractive. And I was like, yes, bring that into it. And um, <laughs> she brought up the fact that it was a very immature thing to do and that teenagers look away from people. And she was like, and I just kept saying, okay. And I was like, okay. And then I could oh feel God. the tears welling up. I- <laughs> but I was like I'm not gonna I'm literally I'm literally not gonna cry I'm literally not gonna cry and I think okay by okay she just kept being she just kept like trying to explain it which kept making it worse and she was like it seems like you're thinking of something else that you're not there with the interviewer and then in response to that I was like well the reality is like I probably am thinking of something else it just was like i just was sort of like in dismissal mode just like i don't know how effective that was um i i just needed to look away at that point i just like kept needing to look away as a means of self-protection and i was like i'm not gonna cry from this this is ridiculous and then from somewhere somewhere inside of me i just was like i like looked up and was trying to make the tears go away and then i was like you know what and this this is not great delivery, but I was like, you know, in this program that I'm doing, like, they try to focus on feedback. And so if you have more thoughts, I think you should say them. And kind of like in a way that was like provoking her, but like trying to do my best to take it. But I also was then just like mad, like I was angry. Then she was like, 
no 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 absolutely not this is the because at that point i think she was like oh this is not going well (laughs) and then she's like this is just something i've noticed so i was honestly just like so surprised by how hurt and sensitive i was in the moment and then i she then felt bad and i was like this is so silly that i'm reacting so poorly to this very like small criticism Um, i do not think that was small that to me felt like very like it started small and then it got like super big yeah well it was like sort of ended like through the heart it's unattractive and you're never gonna get a job and it's just something i've noticed throughout the years like i've been thinking about this but i haven't told you (laughs) yeah i wish i had taken it i think i was embarrassed of how i was handling it but i didn't know how to handle it in a different way and well you know i so when i interviewed for brown did not get in but when i interviewed he was like yeah you look down when you're thinking you look down and that's a sign of like introspection and thoughtfulness and like some people look up and it's a sign of something else and some people look to the side and so he was just like analyzing he was like yeah everybody looks somewhere else when they're thinking yeah and where you look is like indicative that's interesting yeah when she was like yeah when you look away it seems like you're thinking of something else and i was like well yes <laughs> like i'm thinking of probably like how to respond to your question or like how to da, 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 da. and if like right yeah i think there's also just like a, a wavelength of the dynamic of my relationship with her and how i view her right and then it makes it harder like it's like is this about me or is this about our relationship that i'm not looking at you in the eye exactly exactly mm, yeah exactly and i'm like i'm not interviewing with you my grandma for a job <laughs> <laughs> but it also gave me something to think about for sure and yeah that was just a it was like an interesting moment for me because i also think i've really tried to adopt the i'm feedback oriented like i want you to like tell me what's wrong i want you to do that and yeah yeah and like there's like that thing you sent me was like successful people are like hungry for criticism like they actively want it they actively seek it out which is like so intimidating right and i think that's super aspirational like i was like oh yeah i'd love to be a person who's like actively seeking out criticism and then constantly bettering myself and then when i i was receiving that live and i reacted so poorly yeah Yeah. i mean it it felt it felt i felt like it was like real real real-time failure and i i just i don't think i was i felt like i kind of did it wrong in that Mm. moment how do you wish that you had like responded the first time were you i don't know like i felt like i think in the moment i was like i'm not gonna start looking at her directly because then that's like my my immediate reaction was like i'm not gonna let her win like oh well i was just like i feel like when i'm in a fight with somebody i don't really look look at them in the eye sometimes my mom does this thing where we're in an argument and she like doesn't break eye contact and it's so stressful and like growing up it's been like i've gotten better and better at being like just like silently looking at her but it's like really intense and it's like the worst part of any argument and i feel like because like in an argument you don't look like why would you look at somebody in their face right like it's actually like an intimidation tactic yeah no that's completely true that's really interesting actually about the the locking eye contact in in instances of conflict yeah i should try to employ that yeah and i think reflecting on the interaction i wish i had been let it roll off my back a little more easily Mm, or been sure of myself and been like thank you like oh thanks for noticing that i didn't i haven't been aware of that wow thanks for saying something oh i'm I'm wondering if there was like in a genuine way if there's anything else that you think would help me because i think everyone wants to be everyone wants to say that they're open to feedback and open to improvement but like that in practice that in theory is so much easier than what it is in practice yeah 
So that's my story of the week. Pop culture debrief. Week three. So I have a list of pop culture items and I want to hear if you think they're hot or not. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Okay, I love this. (laughs) This is like this is first of all thank you for making it interactive (laughs) (laughs) um okay apple music apple music not um yeah okay so i'm like diehard spotify like i love creeping on what other people are listening to Uh i like going on private mode when i need to like listen to some shit that i don't want anyone to see and i also selfishly love people following me on spotify and want to follow people on spotify to see Mm. what they're listening to and their music i feel like it's more ubiquitous and when someone says they have apple music i'm like what could have been what our relationship could have been if you had spotify (laughs) like oh wow we could have connected on music but i guess we just don't use the same streaming platform so there goes that (laughs) okay all right the next one is the cheesecake factory Okay, Cheesecake <laughs> When I think of Cheesecake Factory, I think of that song by Drake, Child's Play, when he's like, why you gotta fight with me at Cheesecake? You know I love to go here. <laughs> and I've used that as an Instagram caption, so um, I just think it's so funny, like, imagining Drake, like, fighting with his 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 girl in cheesecake and being like i just love this experience like why are you trying to pick a fight with me in cheesecake this is my favorite restaurant (laughs) yeah but i would say cheesecake like like my gut reaction is like can't speak to it (laughs) but because of that drake quote i'm kind of like maybe it's hot um los angeles city of los angeles like physically physically in terms of climate it's very hot (laughs) hot or not i think i kind of like new york i think i romanticize it Mm -hmm. and i think i i like get concerned about the um my friend who lives there also is like everyone's a slash like you're a masseuse slash like (laughs) model slash entrepreneur slash actor slash barista like in that idea of like everyone trying to make it and like everyone everything being a performance that's like kind of unattractive to me and like unexhausted but uh exhausting yeah but i don't know how i'd react like i've never lived there okay the next one is pete davidson i i like how he like shook up comedy a little bit Mm -hmm. and i think it's cool that he and john mulaney have this little like father son (laughs) big brother little brother relationship (laughs) i think his story is pretty interesting Mm -hmm. his dad was a fireman that died in 9-11 right really oh my gosh um yeah talk about a person who is like funny because of like trauma or obstacles he's kind of like interesting because like he clearly is like a very fucked up person and deals with a lot of mental health stuff but is also like super successful i think the chad and brad thing i think like i mean this is the other thing about him recently is that like truly i was talking to my dad about this for some some reason he's like (laughs) i feel kind of bad for him because especially after the ariana grande breakup as a person on snl you make the jokes and then like he kind of became the joke on snl because of his like super public persona as a celebrity outside of that institution yeah because like he has a whole identity outside of snl that i feel like a lot of people on snl like don't necessarily have i think that makes i like for some reason have empathy for him and like respect for him and i would i would go on a date with him probably (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay ben and jerry's my b corp kings 
like radical politics ice cream <laughs> like let's just get all the best things in the world together <laughs> i was eating it last night I ha- i've been um since i'm in vermont right now ben and jerry's is just like a daily vitamin <laughs> um i love ben and jerry's i grew up on them i've been to the ben and jerry's factory i've been to the flavor graveyard ben and jerry's is smoking <laughs> the next one is the new england patriots no hot not <laughs> patriots fans like i feel like just generally across the board suck um i feel like pats fans are just like in your face because they just like win all the time and then tom brady and belichick are like obviously cheaters because of that one <laughs> scenario that one thing that happened in the super bowl one time <laughs> So, um, I feel like if you're not from New England, um, I guess there was one chef at the restaurant that I work on that was a Pats fan. I was just like, why? Like, if you live anywhere else, like, that's not Boston or the Northeast, like, don't be a Pats fan, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, the next one is Abercrombie and Finch. Or is it Fitch? Abercrombie and Fitch. It's Fitch. It's Fitch. (laughs) thank you for asking me about abercrombie and fitch because this is a topic that is not spoken about enough they're aggressive and honestly probably harmful use of perfume and cologne in their stores that has permanently altered the nasal pathways of hundreds of young adolescents there is a class action lawsuit that should be in the works related to Abercrombie and Finch. I will say we should actually call it Abercrombie and Finch because that is hilarious. Second, um, or fifth or, or, or seventh or whatever we're on about Abercrombie and Finch. That is like that in Victoria's Secret, those two things going, I just have like visceral memories of like going to Cherry Creek Mall and going to yeah. those two places and to this day you walk by the store and it just like emanates yeah from you're within. just like all oh, these memories are here now yeah now which is I'm honestly just... like an insane marketing tactic that that they literally infuse like their smell like that is just seared into the sensory memories of like hundreds of millions of kids <laughs> but um yeah i feel like that was like the og offender in terms of like sexualizing young models <laughs> yeah and like yeah and like making clothes too small so that bigger people couldn't fit into them oh my god yeah they were like yeah. they are the origin story of brandy melville of being yeah. like the extra small was literally for a child <laughs> yeah <laughs> previously hot middle school middle school self would have been like hot as frack and now i'm just like that shit's scary um madonna my feelings about madonna start with me first of all (laughs) a material girl on Mm -hmm. rock band was like my number one song oh or like the sing the singing version of rock band just the singing version of rock band um (laughs) loved that song to death and then i have a visceral memory of being in my grandparents house listening to holiday on like an ipod shuffle and being Mm. like this is just being so amazed that I had like my own little music on this tiny device that I was carrying around with me Aww. and it was Madonna. Yeah. Um, That's really cute. very hot in my book, very influential on me probably. <laughs> okay. I have two more. Okay. The next one is green beans. Wow. One of the three tenants of my, my dad's vegetable 
<laughs> triumvirate. Um, but I grew up on green beans. <laughs> I grew up on green beans. And my dad always tries to make them, like, really French and be like, les haricots verts. And I'm like, just because you're saying the French doesn't make them less of, like, like a thing that we have, like, literally every other night. And you just boil them and salt them. Green beans are, unfortunately, just, like, the not cool kid at the lunch table, okay? Green beans are not hot. Like, sweet potatoes, like, really freaking, like, best friends with Michelle Obama. And green beans are, like, really good at geometry. <laughs> Cardi B versus Nicki Minaj. I'm not a lot. Okay, I, my gut reaction is to ask your opinion, but I kind of want to hear what you have to say after. Do you have an opinion on this? Yeah. You do? Okay. I think that... Well, I think, like... So, here's the thing. I think Cardi B owes a lot to Nicki, Nicki Minaj. Mm. Mm. That's a good point, yeah? Yeah, I, I, truly, I truly believe that. I think Nicki Minaj was really disruptive, and she actually paved the way in such a... I mean, all female rappers that came after Nicki Minaj owe her something. I think in music history, she's going to go down as the godmother of 21st century rap and hip-hop yeah she set a new precedent um Mm -hmm. especially for women in like sexuality wise performance Mm. of sexuality um and being like overt in that performance and like audacious ridiculous personas but i think she also felt threatened by by cardi when Mm -hmm. Cardi was on the come up and I don't think she dealt well with having Mm. someone threatening her position at the top yeah and yeah like Cardi B is talented and she like clearly hustled and she was like a stripper for a long time and Mm. is super charismatic has an amazing personality yeah and is fits better with this like hyper authentic hyper raw like mm-hmm. celebrity paradigm that we have now shifted into yes i liked a lot of the music that came out on Nicki minaj's last album queen um mm-hmm. and it was there was breath and there was depth there but definitely didn't do as well or get as much hype as cardi b's album right and now megan the stallion is on the come up and like that's the person that people are paying attention to and she's in your face all the time um but and i do feel like the sun is kind of like setting on Nicki Minaj's golden age which was the in the 2010s Mm -hmm. um but that doesn't mean she's like still super influential and then look at Lady Gaga someone like Lady Gaga she like Born This Way album was amazing and then she kind of like faded off and she had like kind of like this weird like art pop thing and then like Joanne whatever whatever and now but people still like fucking love her and she's like come back and she did like A Star Is Born so I think people Mm -hmm. just like ebb and flow in celebrity but um those are some of my thoughts on it my thoughts on Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B. Just this week, I was looking at Nicki Minaj be interviewed by both Stephen Colbert and Ellen. And I was like, she is brilliant. Like, she's like regal, you know? Yes. Also, I think Stephen Colbert was like kind of in love with her. I think he was kind of like, because she was like, yeah. Definitely. It was crazy to see, though. She was like, do you have a wife? And he he paused in a way that like wasn't a joke you know what i mean and i was just like <laughs> send me we the all interview. know I you have see a wife. that yeah i'll send it to you it is we'll, we'll put it in the episode link 
Um, and like, he's just like really flirty with her. It's just really interesting. And then I saw her on Ellen. She is equally as like, like just so smart. There's so much content behind her, I think. Yes. And it's like really cool to watch her be interviewed. But she told Ellen, she was like, you need a rival. And Ellen was like, no, I don't have a rival. And she was like, Oprah, Oprah is your rival now. And Ellen was like, oh, I don't really want it. Um, Nicki Minaj was like, no, it doesn't matter. You just need one because it like cultivates interest. It like makes people want to listen to your songs more. They're kind of following it and tracking it. Kind of like, like in Glow, the wrestling thing, there are all these, it's not really, it's like all acting. They're not really wrestling, you know? Interesting. Or like WWE, I don't even know what the wrestling thing is, but my um conspiracy theory is Nicki minaj is further helping cardi b up by being like we can be rivals wow that's fascinating i just feel like like but i feel like it's to Nicki's detriment yeah and i feel like she's come off looking like not so great from it and like like jealous and um resentful so but yeah i need to go watch some some Nicki minaj interviews okay so final take Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B, the feud itself, not either one of them. It's not. Yeah, their feud, them being pitted against each other, not hot. Mm. There's room for two. There's room for two. A few episodes ago, our esteemed advisor, Jack Minton, explained that we're never more vulnerable than when we fail. So take a second to heal before you excavate your failure in order to learn from it. Criticism is, of course, the overbearing and raucous older sister of failure, and I think Mr. Minton's advice applies. In fact, the most successful I've been in implementing criticism is by momentarily dissociating and engaging in the situation in almost third person, which gives me a few days to gather my bearings before I actually unpack. Don't get me wrong, this strategy is easier said than done, and I have cried in the face of criticism. Recently. For the most part, all I can say for our listeners who are about to confront criticism is, Good luck, Charlie. As I sit in reflection here in Vermont, contemplating the tenets of self-development, what I keep coming back to with regards to criticism is the idea of building endurance. Just like training your body through YouTube yoga, jogs around the park, and rides on that peloton, I know you're out there, folks. Taking feedback is a skill that requires stamina and strength, which are built over time. At the end of the day, I do believe that my critical grandma was well-intentioned, even if her delivery was faulty. Honestly, I'm kind of excited to hit the criticism treadmill. In the meantime, I'm probably going to go eat something that isn't green beans and listen to Madonna on my iPod shuffle. Until next week. That's the end of today's episode. Make sure you subscribe so you know exactly when our next episode comes out. And follow us on Twitter at DoingItWrong4. Doing It Wrong is made by Darcy Newrider and Rainy Toll. Our executive producers are Toll, Rainey and new writer, Darcy. Our technical directors are Rain Woman, Not Rain Man, Toll, and Darcy Hagendas Nucleotide. Our sound engineers are Taney Roll and Narcy Dewrider. Love them. Special thanks to our writers, Darce, New at Writing, New Writer, and Rainey has written some essays before Toll. And our editors, D Newwriter at KentDenver.org and Rainy Toll at ScienceandTech.org, who have put in many hours into this production. We source our contemporary philosophy from Darcy de Sorrento Nucleotide and Rainito, descendant of the Toll family that owns Toll and Toll. Our intern is May Toll. And we receive begrudged, second-rate freelance creative consulting from Luke Newrider. Our custodians are Rain Dog, Let's Get Through This Fog, and D Nunu 22, This Is Not About You.
please reach out to our large team if you're interested in contributing or being a guest on our show. Every inquiry must begin with the whom's it may concern or it won't be processed. Our outreach managers and also our contact emails are darcynewrater at gmail.com and rainytoll at hotmail.com. Our cover art is by Maddie Haynes. Check her out at maddiehaynes.com. Peace and blessings. Please check our next episode and text your friend this episode link right now.